We try to play with great pace. We try to play with great pace. Ran a lot of pick and roll, pick and pop uh, type actions. Oh, you'll see us play. Some people look at the guy next to him and say, what the hell was that shot? Hell, I could have been Gronk before Gronk was Gronk. Welcome back to another episode of, of Bangerangs and Daggers. I'm your host, or co-host rather, uh, recovering from a cold, so it probably sounds a little bit different tonight on my end. Kevin Knight out here in the East Coast in coronavirus zone. Uh, how are you doing out there in Nebraska, Nate? Well, I uh, had a pile of brush that I decided I wanted to burn tonight because we had some rain. Uh on Monday, yesterday, all right? What's today? Yeah, Monday. Yeah, so Monday it rained all day yesterday. We put a tarp over the brush, and it. Uh, before that, we had a burn ban in effect because we were having, you know, grass fires. I mean, a ton of them, and we had a huge one south of Omaha, and uh, like twelve fire departments were called in on that. So, so I got that taken care of tonight. It wasn't a very big one. But uh, so I you know this whole coronavirus thing I'm not a big fan of because now I'm thinking I'm going to cancel that New York trip to New York. Uh, hopefully, maybe they'll give us refunds. I don't know. My wife doesn't want to cancel. But I'm starting to think maybe we should. Uh, so is there a lot going on in D.C. as far as the virus? We don't want to touch on this too much. Uh, I, guess, I I'm trying to remember. I think there's like one confirmed case in D.C. itself like five in Virginia and six in Maryland last I saw. And literally every single instance has been somebody who has traveled somewhere else where there's a larger outbreak um, and come back. So there's nothing that's here that uh, is from it spreading here. But for example, there were some priests at a church in Georgetown that uh, gave communion on Sunday or something to like, 500 people at least. And he was apparently the person who tested positive for coronavirus. So, you know, yeah, that's, uh, that's great. Um, yeah, I think I saw that. Yeah. So that, that, that church, they, uh, think they asked every single person who received communion to self quarantine and that that's and that they're can't they're shutting that church down for the first time in like 200 years not 200 sorry 150 ish years i assume that's a pretty old church i don't know if it's a cathedral or not but yeah i heard about that that's <laughs> that'd be unfortunate uh do you know you've seen an older guy uh honestly i i don't know beyond that that was that okay. was just what i saw um luckily all i have is a standard upper respiratory infection head cold uh, lovely congestion kind of stuff. Um, but uh, actually, my husband was back in Nebraska uh, visiting his family in Fremont over the weekend. And he's actually, as we're recording this, he's probably about 20 minutes out from landing at um, the airport here on his way home. And they had an outbreak of coronavirus in Fremont at the YCA, uh, YMCA there. So mm-hmm. that that's fun. Um, but yeah. Uh, All the- yeah, of course, I... I I also got home from work today and had uh, a um, a water leak in my apartment. The um, oh yeah, 
Yeah, so I got to walk in on maintenance, having my door open, uh, shop backing my kitchen sink area. So that was fun. What? Uh, it's just a great, great last couple of days here. <laughs> you know, it's a very interesting thing. It's uh, water is so important. We need it, but it can be so damaging. You know, to if if it goes where we do not need it to go, and if it goes somewhere for a you know, an extended period of time and all that, it can, it can just destroy things. And so when you said water water leak, um, it's coming through your roof? Uh, no, 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 sorry. Um, it was uh, basically backed up plumbing. Um, when you're in an apartment building like this, it's a somewhat new building, but they throw these things up so quickly. Uh, I, I don't know necessarily how great they really do with plumbing the places. So when people who are above you and below you uh, put things down the drain that they shouldn't, you know, over, over time, obviously it uh, clogs it up. And, you know, if oh, you happen nice. to be the apartment where the clog starts to set in, then you're the apartment where all of a sudden people above you are starting to try and run water down the pipe and you're where it all starts pouring out of. So, yeah. But I mean, on the bright side too, though, um, yeah, I came home to them basically having cleaned it up already in the sense of getting all the water out because somebody below me had it leaking into their place from my floor. Um, and so they reported it to maintenance and maintenance tracked it down to my place and was in cleaning everything out. So, so, yeah. so sp yeah. speaking of a leak, <laughs> Michigan, your, your favorite school. Nebraska held on to, you know, held on with them for a good uh, half. And then I got to watch. Yeah, and then I turned it on. And that's been like so many times this year. Um, I can't get to the TV, uh, you know, before it starts. And then when I turn it on, like, oh, Nebraska's only down two or down four or whatever at half. And things just blow up on them. And that's what happened with Michigan. They just, I mean, it looked like Nebraska couldn't do anything to stop them. And Michigan just, I think it wasn't a two or four point game at halftime or something to that effect. And they just, uh, yeah, it was 28, 28, 32. It was a four point game. Yeah. And so, you know, it's just, you know, we're going to go through these games really quick because we got some more interesting to talk about, in my opinion. But yeah. well, yeah. I, I can't, I, I can't let the game go by without reminding everybody about the fact that, uh, you know, there's something about that Nebraska-Michigan game where the starting point guard for one of the teams has to be suspended for it. So, um, because of a theoretically, at least for Nebraska's case, because of a car accident, just like for Michigan, it was because of a car accident. So. The only difference being is that one uh, actually got punished by the police and the other one took like a week or so to track down because he lied to them and got away with lying. So, you know, good for you, Xavier Simpson. Well, you know, um, Cam Mack, you know, leaving the, the, the scene of essentially, and I'm not going to call it a crime because it's a car accident, but kind of it is, you know, it's kind of a hit and run type of thing. That's you can get in really big trouble. Doing that, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's someone needs. Cam Max been, I mean, he's been disciplined but four times this year, and then this happens. I mean, seems like he's, you know, he needs to make some 
smarter decisions. And then, you know, then it comes out that him and um, Deshaun Burke, yeah. uh, Deshaun Burke, you know, are suspended indefinitely from the team. And I assume Deshaun Burke wasn't a part of the. He said today because he said he's pretty much done with the season that uh, uh, that it was because he missed curfew. And it seems like that was an issue with a lot of these guys. And I guess, you know, that's a lesson to anybody. It's that when you bring in 11 new players that there is no like, you know, there is no foundation that things might go really like there's no one to keep anyone in check unless you got some really special guys. And I kind of thought maybe Hanif Cheatham was going to be that guy. Maybe he tried to be, but uh yeah, it's you know, just keeps you know, Dre Green. We know he, you know, he that was more of a, I think, quality of play. But you know, it's one thing I guess is that Hoiberg is holding people accountable, and that's great. And I would say I'd rather him do it this season and send messages than maybe another season when we're actually competing for something. And so, but yeah, we got the doors blown off of us against Michigan. So I don't know. Unless yeah, you know other things, I mean, I I I will quantify it that a, a little bit more context around Mac was it was a low speed collision. He claimed to police. He thought he, they didn't actually collide. None of us were there and necessarily know whether or not like he might have actually felt an impact. Maybe he really was being honest that he thought he didn't hit her, and it was just like a sideswipe type of thing. And the woman whose car he did strike did notice the fact that he hit her to be fair. There's a little bit of question there on authenticity of the claim. Um, yeah, it, it was an incident where somebody was slowing down to turn right into a driveway on a major thoroughfare that he didn't slow down in time and struck someone in front of him who was also slowing down for the car turning, uh, he told police chief followed him and got his plates and reported him to police police found him took a look at the car claimed that both cars suffered minor damage um yeah maybe he was being authentic who knows uh but you know in comparison simpson had a uh somebody else's car um which was the athletic director's wife's car theoretically it was basically the um their son's car who's a manager on the team but uh simpson was the one driving it at 3 a.m hit a patch of ice um is what he claims and struck a light pole totaling the suv lied about his name to police pretending he wasn't driving lied to them telling him he wasn't the driver they eventually track it down via the uh manual family uh, that he was the driver and, uh, you know, it just, it's, it's pretty absurd in both instances. One, I think is pretty egregious compared to the other one. Both are obviously serious things. Don't lie to police. Don't hit and run. Both those things should go without saying, uh, Mac was suspended for the Michigan game. And then it seems he must've traveled with the team and was going to play in Minnesota. Theoretically, given the fact that he and Burke were suspended indefinitely, after uh, they traveled to Minneapolis and broke curfew uh, is what it sounds like based on what Burke said. Um, you know, and uh, on that, a lot of people are commenting on Hoiberg. Um, 
what what were some of the things that I I saw? And I, I just want to go to bat for Hoiberg on this. He actually at Iowa State um, had a reputation for picking up transfers that uh, had a little bit of a questionable nature from where they came from. When they got there, he had a zero tolerance policy and was well known for having uh, – essentially a, a just short leash on everybody of if you screw up, you're gone. Like this is your second chance. Um, you know, you, you need to conduct yourselves in an appropriate adult manner and we're not going to tolerate it. And I, I think that's something that you can see he's living up to at Nebraska as well. So for anybody who wants to criticize him for not necessarily, um, always having the, the most upstanding, uh, people that he adds to the team, he doesn't give them any leeway on on having any nonsense. Yeah, well, when you're dealing when you're dealing with the JUCO kids, there, I mean, there's a reason why they're at JUCO, and it might be grades, or it could be a number of other reasons. And uh, so, you know, I think you kind of go into it thinking, okay, you know, we're, we want to take you. You know, I think we think you're a really good player, but you have, you know, you got to be on the straight and narrow. And, uh, you know, for, from all the appearances that, you know, from what we can tell is, is that Cam Mack, you know, he he's great on the court, but maybe off the court, not so much. No, I'm not saying any, like, I'm just saying as far as what I can tell, it's, you know, getting there, um, you know, falling curfew. I mean, that's it. And, and that might be, you have to be in your room at 10 or whatever, especially when they're on the road because they were in Minnesota. And I thought, now don't, no one take this to heart and don't go spread it as gospel. But I thought, I think I saw somewhere that, uh, it's kind of a, that Hoiberg sent both Mac and, um, Sean Burke back in a car with a student driver and they just sit in the back seat or something like that. <laughs> like a small, yeah. like, like a, a really small, they rented a very small car and they had to sit in the back seat all the way home. Cause he said, no, obviously trying to send a message and maybe that upset the Sean Burke. Cause I guess he's probably thought, Oh, I'm probably not going to play in the conference turning anyway. So, and so he's done, but I don't know. Anything else on Michigan or we should talk about Minnesota? Oh, no, let's, let's definitely – let's put those uh, – you know, I'm just going to come out and say, let's put those assholes in the rearview mirror. Let's move on to Minnesota and Nebraska. Well, that it didn't get much better there. And, and uh, unlike the game against Michigan where it seemed like they might have had a chance at half, uh, Nebraska played seven players. And this is what we're going to talk about here in a little bit. And four of those players are freshmen. And things are probably not going to go well for you unless you're Duke or Kentucky or Arizona, where the or Michigan State at times not so much because you guys actually develop players. But uh, you know, it's when you're playing four freshmen, things probably aren't going to go well. And then a 14 and 16 Minnesota Golden Gophers team scores 107 points on you, and I. And I guess this this kind of gets to where I'm thinking about how people are upset or they're like, I, you know, it's so much worse or whatever. What did you expect coming into this season? Yeah, guess what? I expected. I guess when I was predicting, I said what ninth in the Big Ten. I was wrong, absolutely wrong. They're 
Probably, you know, probably the worst team in the Big Ten, you know, Northwestern. You know, they should be Northwestern if they didn't go eight for 30 from the free throw line. But they are not a very good team. They're un, I mean, it's, it's not that they're not good players, but they're undermanned. And I'm sorry. And then things just keep on like getting worse. You know, you're losing two starters and among other things. And then you go into Minnesota. I mean, what do you think is going to happen? I mean, we're like, oh, maybe they'll, you know, hit a bunch of shots. But guess what? You can't guard anybody. 107 points is a lot. Unless you're like playing, you know, I mean, you know, it's like playing Creighton. Because Creighton could probably go for over 100. But uh, I don't remember they have it this year. I don't know. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. Second time, yeah, second time this season that a team has gone for a record number of three points made, three point shots made, shots made. Well, there you go. I guess that could be a source of emphasis for next, you know, going forward, uh, defending the three point line. Uh, And actually, you know, like you've mentioned before, that goes along with the same line of the fact that they moved the three point line back. Yeah, we still have teams, you know, setting records on us. But my my point is, well, my point is going to be is that I see people on Twitter. I know Twitter's a cesspool, and it's like they're like, and people are like, calm down. It's just you know, Hoiberg's first season, all that. Like, yeah, that it was. I mean, if you really, I guess, were trying to be objective, there was no reason for us to expect. You know, anything else. And then when you add the fact that we're already under man and we lose two players, I mean, what do you, I mean, that's what's going to happen. So either you're going to let those two players play and then he's going to lose the culture battle as far as, you know, following the rules, you know, and then you might, what, you might win maybe and probably not against Michigan, but maybe against Minnesota. And then so you won that one game for the sake or for the detriment of your culture. And so, I don't know, it's a throwaway season. I don't care enough about what's going on for, you know, next season maybe I'll, I'll dive back in, feel emotionally involved but uh, or invested. Um, so that's all I got from Minnesota. Yeah, I mean, I'll just add to the fact that it's a throwaway season. I mean, in the preseason talk, I had said, you know, at best – you know, best case scenario, all the hype that anybody could dream up for the team, everything clicks, they're, you know, rolling, have everything figured out. They could maybe finish eighth and in, you know, at worst, probably 13. And I have no idea where to slate them is pretty much what I said. Uh, and I, w- I was wrong. They were 14th because Northwestern went in and beat Purdue. Uh, in an upset to manage to leave Nebraska behind in 14th place, sole possession of last place rather than a tie, uh, which is what it was beforehand. So, yeah, I, you know, I mean, it's unfortunate that Hoiberg's first year with uh, Nebraska was also the uh, year where the Big Ten is, in terms of sheer depth of advanced statistical rankings, probably the best conference in the history of modern college basketball. And that's not even an exaggeration. Go and find another conference with 14 teams where 12 of them 
were generally within Ken Palm's top 40 or 50 pretty much the entire conference season long. And you won't find it because this has not really been the case before where uh, where you see this many teams in this high in the net ranking and in Ken Palm. So, you know, uh, yeah, it's a tough year to do that. You know, yeah, that's a good point. It's about you know, if you, again, like everything, you know, I said about being undermanned and all that. Add that to the fact that you're playing in the best conference in the country. And it isn't even an argument as far as depth wise, you know. And so, yeah, yeah, they lost 16 straight games. They were in a lot of those games, uh, particularly up to the first half. And then, you know, towards the end of the, the, the third or fourth quarter, depending on the game. And they, they, they could have beaten some of these top 25 teams, but, you know, they just, for numerous reasons, they couldn't. So it's just, there's a lot of things that were going against them. I, the fact that, you know, I, this kind of reminds me if after the, the 2019 football season, I put a poll out on one of our articles about, uh, should Nebraska fire Scott Frost? And I preface that fact, that poll by the fact that I absolutely think that, that Nebraska should not. It shouldn't even be a question. However, there are people who think that that's a concern. And so I said, I just want to put this poll out so people can see that, you know, the majority of Nebraska fans absolutely do not want to fire him. I think the the ending was uh, like eighty nine percent, you know, approval rating essentially. Or uh, so if you did that for Hoiberg, I uh, I sure hope that that approval rating's got to be ninety five, ninety six, ninety seven percent. I mean, he his track record's too good, and, you know, and he and he got fired in the NBA, but he actually had a, a you know I think it was a. It was, it was derailed by injuries, but he was on his way to the playoffs, and he even talked about that. And so I think, he, you know, we just got to just give him – it might turn around all the way next season. I don't know. So I feel like I'm talking yeah, too and, much. So. No, I, I'm also going to add, too, I mean, if people want to look at every other team in the conference, too, and, you know, be like, oh, you know, why can't we be like them? Why can't we have success? There was one team. One team in the entire conference of 14 teams that had a winning record on the road in conference play. One. One of the conference champs had a winning record on the road. Another of the conference champs had a 500 record on the road. And the other one had a losing record on the road. And those are the three top teams that finished tied for first in the conference. Nobody else had a winning record. One other team besides that, near the top of the standings, had a 500 record on the road. Everybody else had a losing record on the road. Everybody else. Yeah. Well, I mean, just... That's... Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, the, the Big Ten actually has averaged the highest attendance numbers in the entire country for I'm sure they'll stay up there this year too. Uh, so it'll be like the 42nd straight year that they've led in attendance. This is a tough conference to win on the road. Basketball is tough to win on the road period. 
it's especially tough in a conference like the Big Ten. There are so many good historical arenas in the conference that just get loud. They are huge. They have massive fan bases. You know, when you've got about 50% of your games on the road already, you're setting yourself up for a tough, tough slate. And that's backed up by the fact nobody but one team even managed a winning record on the road this season. And yeah, so yes, yes, you're you're right. It was that other team that you know I root for, but I, I bring it up not because it's them, but because it's a relevant fact. There's one team out of 14 that managed the winning record on the road, and they didn't even manage like a huge margin. It was seven and four compared to you know Wisconsin was six and six. So, as far, um, oh, oh, as far as like. You know, playing Big Ten teams in the road. I mean, Nebraska was right there at the end uh, against Rutgers at Rutgers. They're, uh, they're at Maryland. And I think they were undermanned in that game, too, if I remember correctly. And then uh, I thought I had a third. Mm. No, at Illinois. They were there. I mean, I mean, it's a, it's a it's a twelve point win, but they were there at the end too. So, I mean, it's uh, yeah. I mean, are we trying to put lipstick on a pig? Maybe, but I, I just I think I, I'm just bothered by the the people that think that Hoiberg needs to be fired, or that that they're like, oh, he can't coach. I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah, or, or that he's not an upgrade. It's just like, do do you even know basketball? Do you know anything about the sport of basketball? Yeah, well, really like, a single thing besides that they play with a basketball. You know, you're like Mrs. Darbus in High School Musical. This school is about more than boys in baggy shorts flinging balls for touchdowns. Like that—that's what you sound like. You sound like Mrs. Darbus in High School Musical. Yeah, I. Hmm. Oh, um, uh, well, I guess we, we should get over it. So let's move on to what I find to be the story of the day it made me laugh it made me uh cry no it didn't but it uh made me happy that the uh the fact that nebraska is down to seven uh scholarship players on um going into the game tomorrow night against indiana i guess i should say when this comes out i guess tonight against indiana and they and um some people tweeted out before that you know Fred Hoiberg was looking at a couple people on the roster, and I thought, who are they going to add? And I thought, I don't know, maybe did they send some GAs to uh, some interrail basketball tournament on campus and say, hey, you got you're a pretty good player, you just want to be a body? Never in my, in my mind did I ever think that if they're going to add two players – it's going to be from the football team who are both scholarship football players currently in the middle of spring football practice. And I thought, that's great. I mean, that's just a great story. Uh, it's There must be a pretty good relationship between Frost and Hoiberg. I assume that they share um, cases of bush light on the weekends. I think that has to be it. You know, uh, no, I uh, that's a joke, but uh, I think it's a great story. Uh, I know 
Well, what, what were your thoughts about it? I think book a trip to the Final Four next year. They're going the Matt Trannon route. <laughs> now, see, you, you mentioned him earlier in, in the Slack chat. I have no idea who that is. So maybe you want to yeah, tell us. Um, so he is the only reference I know personally of a scholarship football player who also played on the basketball team at a P5 in basketball case, P6 program. So if anybody out there knows of another player, um, you know, the last 40, 50 years even, who played both football and basketball, please, by all means, tweet at us, uh, comment on this uh, feed in coordination for uh, this podcast story. Tell us who they are because he's the only person I know for reference. Matt Trannon was a football player at Michigan State, and he uh, did not play his freshman year with the basketball team, but he played with the basketball team in, uh, what, what was it, 2004, uh, the 04 05 season, and I believe 05 06. Yeah, uh, so those two years. And he averaged, um, as a sophomore, he played in 17 games, averaging 6.9 minutes, scored 1.2 points and 1.6 rebounds. The next year as a junior, he shot 68.8% from the field um, and uh, managed to play in two different NCAA tournaments, including a Final Four in the 0405 season. So that's why I make the joke that you know, book the Final Four uh, next season. Um, you know, because if you, if you play football players on your team, you will make the Final Four. That's, that's the experience that I have. So... Um, and then his senior year, he forewent, for, for I guess, the uh, chance to play again in order to focus on the NFL draft. And, uh, you know, but, um, yeah, he, he was a fun guy to watch play. Uh, so that's that reference is um, he's the only person I know of that played both major sports. Um, there's other instances of guys playing baseball, I know, running track, et cetera. Um, in fact, I, I know MSU's got two guys, had two recruits, one who ended up going to the MLB, um, but the other one is uh, forwent the MLB uh, to still play at Michigan State in both football and baseball. Um, so I, I know like that's far more common, but uh, yeah. So Noah Vidral and Grant Banks are now on the Nebraska ball team for at least one game. Yeah, and I think it'll be just one. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it, it, it will be one game, but it will be a fun game. Yeah. Um, as far as the other two-way players that you were mentioning about, um, I would add Julius Peppers in North Carolina. Uh, he played for them. Uh, I'm not even sure. How, they might not. They, they, they went through a couple seasons before Roy Williams got there, um, so they might not have been that good back then but as far as going yeah so he he at least was a real student at least so yeah (laughs) i believe the the academic scandal that they had uh is strictly within the roy williams time frame so oh yeah i think that's brad daughtery is it brad daughtery is that the unc coach but uh yeah so yeah noah vedrill and brant banks uh brant banks is uh six seven not very tall for uh basketball college basketball but he's 300 pounds 
I guess he was a pretty decent high school basketball player. Someone in the Slack chat room said he was a borderline Division One basketball player. I have not seen that anywhere. Um, if someone else does, let us know. Uh, Noah Vedral, he was, you know, he had a very successful high school season, but he was a C1 basketball player. He's six one, two hundred pounds. He averaged thirteen point six points per game as a senior. Uh, actually, scored more as a junior at fourteen point one. When he played for Wahoo Newman, they won three state cha- championships. So it's C one. People don't know that that is the uh, third highest classification um, out of six. So. Um, There's a lot of divisions in Nebraska. Yeah, we have A, B, C1, C2, D1, D2. Uh, I think in track it's A, B, C, D. Uh, So it's – so like we were C2 when I played. We actually played Wahoo Newman because they were C1. Uh, So – and they were really good back then. Uh, Obviously, they were very good when Vedral was there. I watched him in the state tournament and championship game. Uh, I had heard about him. He was a great athlete. People were talking about him. He looked like a good basketball player. I mean, but I think we were playing after them, so I didn't get to watch as much. So, but he's, uh, some people are posting some of his highlights from high school and all that. And he looks like, you know, supposedly he's the best basketball player on the football team. You know, good job. That's great. And I mentioned, I, I don't think they're going to be able to go up and down the floor for one, more than like, a couple possessions because and I said, cause they're not in basketball shape and not, and there is, you can be in shape for high school basketball, but then there's a totally different level as far as being in shape for college basketball, because you're dealing with, you know, quicker, you know, faster, bigger, stronger guys, you know, just like it would be in football, but you're, you might be going up and down the floor constantly. And it's a totally different animal. And even, um, it's not just me saying that. Uh, Nebraska's uh, what is he? Is he an assistant coach? He's he's from Italy. Um, uh, he's like the team manager, I think, so, something like that. Like the yeah, program. Visually on, yeah, visually on So uh, he even said, you know, you know, he's not going to have his legs under him. Uh, where is he? Player development, I think. Oh no! Oh, that's kind of funny. I was. I know he. I know he coaches for. He's a coach. I mean, he's not an assistant coach, but it might be some type of you know on the staff. But in the article, Hale Varsity, uh, Aaron Sorensen, she was interviewing him, and uh, she said, "Here we go." I thought this was the article. Okay, it says uh, the bigger issue is usually your feet, your legs. When you get tired, you're going to get tired a little easier when you're not in basketball shape. So that would probably be more of an issue going into playing within two days of knowing that you're going to be into a Big Ten setting against Indiana. He's not playing Wahoo high. He's playing Indiana. And so – This is true. Uh, and also an Indiana team motivated by the fact that they're barely inside the bubble and they really can't afford a loss to Nebraska and uh, still make it 
within the NCAA tournament. Um, Archie Miller's definitely feeling the pressure with the way he's been acting the last couple of weeks uh, as a head coach for the Hoosiers. And, yeah, I mean, uh, the benefit is I don't really know Indiana being a team that pushes the pace, at least. So in that regard, at least it's not a team like, say, you know, Michigan State, who really pushes the fast break and emphasizes that. It's not a team like Illinois, who uh, plays full court, in-your-face, high-pressure defense. And it's not Wisconsin, who has just this way of tiring you out with this obnoxious, eye-gougingly slow, grind-it-out, wear-you-down kind of uh, defense either. You know, Indiana is a solid team. I'm just trying to find the bright side here of, you know, at least they're not that style of play necessarily. So that they've got, they've got that going for them at least, but they, they also should be facing a team fairly motivated by a head coach who does not want to go into next season on the hot seat with uh, taking the Hoosiers to yet another NIT bid after missing out on the NCAA and they need to beat Nebraska to make sure that they stay in. Yeah. And if I was the coach of Indiana, I would say, Hey guys, they have seven scholarship players. I would just run them out of the gym, you know, especially you know, Charlie Easley is probably, you know, did he start against uh, uh, Minnesota? I assume he was a starting point guard. I mean, I'd, I'd pressure him yep. full court. Yep. Uh, yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah I, I'd pressure him full court, you know, the entire game. Because guess what? We could probably go nine, you know, nine deep if we need to. And guess what? Their next two off the bench are kids who have – been getting ready for football, you know, and Patrick threw up the picture of Matt Davison, you know, cause he played, he's a football player who played basketball, but yeah, he, he was practicing for a while, you know, with the basketball team. So it's not the same. No, and I keep on saying, you know, I, I sound very cynical. I'm looking forward to it. I hope they get in. I hope they do really well. Cause that'd just be a great story. Uh, so I don't know. I think it'd be a lot of, it's gonna be a lot of fun to watch. So yeah, I think it'll be fun. Um, yeah, I mean, it'll probably be a. I'm, I'm not even gonna say it. It'll be a loss for Nebraska. It'll be the end of the season, but I think it'll be fun. We took them to overtime in the regular season in Assembly Hall. You know, uh, hey, adding two football players should at least add some spice to it. I mean, there's no tape on them, so. <laughs> That's true. You know, we got that going for us. <laughs> yeah, we, we don't know if these left-handed or right-handed. You know, Brant Banks. You know, I can see Brant Banks going and getting like you know five, six rebounds and a couple putbacks because he's three hundred pounds. You know, that he's not like a you know a uh, six seven two fifty. I mean, it's if he can get up and down the floor, you know that maybe that's gonna be an advantage. I I, I don't know. Probably not because they're not. It, you know, this is this is a great example of this season, right? It is, this is what the season – this is a great visual of how this season has gone. You have to bring on two football players to finish out the season. I mean, yeah, that's just – if you think about getting rid of Hoiberg, just remember he's bringing on two football players to, to suit up for a game on two days' notice in the Big Ten tourney. So that's all I got to say about this subject. So I mean, it's, it's been a, an interesting season of, uh, you know, to, to be perfectly honest, a, a patchwork roster 
it's uh, it's been interesting. They've made some great runs in games. Obviously, they haven't ended up on the winning side, but you know, they, tomorrow tonight, since this is dropping tomorrow morning, uh, morning of the game tonight, there will be uh, one last game to enjoy of uh, the first season, and that's that. Then we go into you know off season purgatory for Nebraska ball until next fall. Although there will be some great March Madness, the rest of the Big Ten tournament is definitely uh, good. Uh, good basketball to tune in for. I think it'll be an interesting NCAA tourney with how much parity there is across the entire landscape. Um, Big Ten's probably going to make get ten teams in. Um, you know, two more that will be NIT teams otherwise. So I think, um, yeah, if you like basketball and not just Nebraska ball. If you like college basketball, and you should, it'll be a good month. But you know, that's just me. So, all right, let's finish this out. So, yeah. Actually, I would. I, w- I guess we can throw a teaser in there. We have some. I think no news that we can announce, but there's some stuff coming down the pike that I think people are uh, would be very surprised with. Or um, in a good way, a very good way. Uh, there's a couple things that popped up this week, as far as the Coronation Podcast Network um, that we hope come to fruition. And I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. So make sure you subscribe, <clears throat> so you don't f- miss out. I got it. <clears throat> so maybe I shouldn't talk about it. Bye. <laughs> I, I don't usually interject in uh, in a bangerings and daggers, but I did want to. Make it official. There we go. That coming next week to cornnation.com, the return of the Big Red Cobcast. Ooh. <laughs> and more that I can't talk about just yet. Yes. <laughs> that that you Nate alluded to, but that's all. I mean that's that, that's big stuff. Don't go don't get me wrong. Uh but that means that any time you want to have Pat the Stat Jansen on to talk some Nebraska ball. That's, you know, you're not crossing in, in enemy territory anymore. That would be just fine. He, he's, he came on twice when I couldn't be on because and Patrick talked to him. I think it was twice. Once. And so, yeah. yeah we, we, if you've been following us all along so far, you know who Pat is. He's got a mind like a steel trap when it comes to everything you need to know about anything nebraska related that's what i've learned in the listening to the cobcast so yeah yeah he does good and the and the other one i think like i said it's it's not just you know some guy like me from a small town who decides to write about some of the sport so i think it's people will be very surprised and be happy about it so i, I i'm kind of excited to hear it so all right that's all I got, um, Mr. Knight, if you want to sign off. Hey, I mean, just to reiterate, make sure that you subscribe now. Get in on the ground floor of their return by uh, making sure you get all of Coronation Radio uh, podcasts via your favorite platform. Uh, you'll get of Bangerings and Daggers. You'll soon be getting the Big Red Cobcast again, John's Post-Life Crisis, the Five Heart Podcast, and perhaps something else that 
we've hinted at but can't actually tell you just yet. That you'll definitely be excited about, though. Uh, follow us on Twitter, uh, at Nate McHugh, at uh, Sparty on Huskers, at Bangs and Dags. And, uh, yeah, you stay classy and don't get coronavirus. Stay healthy.